Welcome to this week's Planet Shakers podcast. Planet Shakers' brand new album, Show Me Your Glory, is out now. Available on all streaming platforms, so check it out. Let's dive into today's podcast. Let's go. I got two scriptures for you, and then we're going to get into it. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we wanna make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Whew. That's the story of those three men in the fiery furnace. Flipping over to the New Testament, I wanted to share this verse as well, just so we got a bit of old, a bit of new. Philippians 1.21 says this, For to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I wanna speak to you today about a message I've simply called a vapour viewpoint. God, we thank You today for Your Word. We thank You today for Your presence. And Lord, we know that in Your house and in Your presence, Lord, anything is possible. So God, we pray for that today. God, we pray for every person in this room, every person watching online. God, every need, every prayer point, every challenge, every faith struggle. God, we thank You today that You would deliver Your Word in the midst of our circumstances and what we're going through. And God, not just deliver a Word, but change us, change our lives, change our minds, change our hearts, change our circumstances. God, we thank You today for an outpouring of Your power. And come on, if you got faith for that today, would you shout a good Amen. Come on, would you just take a moment and give God thanks today before we get into the Word that He is a God who is faithful to His Word and faithful to His promise. He's faithful to show up. He is here where two or three are gathered in His Name. Come on, with great expectation. Can we give God a deposit of praise? Come on, for the, for the possibilities of His power, our works in our realities. God, we praise You this morning. God, we thank You this morning. God, we give You glory this morning. In the mighty Name of Jesus. Come on, say a good Amen. Amen, Amen. Bless you. You can be seated. A vapour viewpoint. I wanted to talk about the Bible this morning. I brought a paper Bible. Has anyone got a paper Bible with them? One person. No, you don't have it with you though, do you? No. Paper Bible. I love... Um, I love that we can have our Bible with us wherever we go on our digital devices. But uh, I wanted to bring my real Bible this morning because I was looking at the whole Bible. I was thinking about the Bible in whole perspective. We see in Genesis 1 and 2, we see that God created mankind. On the day that He created humanity, God looked at the world and said, it was good. God looked at humanity and He said, it was good. In fact, the first thing that He ever did with humanity, the Bible tells us in Genesis 1, is He blessed them. The first thing He did was He blessed them. God didn't curse us. It didn't start with a restriction. Imagine if the first thing that I did when my children were born, I took them into my arms and I looked at them and I said, no, you will not steal the remote. You will not shout. You will not fight. There will be no disrespecting of my household. You will listen to me. And by the way, I love you. That would be weird if the first thing we started with with our children was a no. See, the first thing I wanted my children to know when I held them is how much I love them. 
how much I was thinking about their future, that God blessed me with them, that I got to host them and help raise them and deliver them into the destiny that God had planned for them ahead of time. I wanted them to know that they were blessed. God did the same thing. The first thing He did when He created humanity is He blessed them. You know, God wants to bless you, that God's created you and wants to pour out blessing. And we see it from Genesis to Revelation. We see the redemptive narrative of God's love, a love so great that He would send His one and only Son to redeem us and make the possibilities of His presence a reality in our world. God wants to bless you. And, for, and we see our lives. See, we live today somewhere between Genesis 2 and, and Revelation 22, somewhere in the mix there. And throughout the 66 books of the Bible, we see an overview of creation. We see God's love. We see His character. We see that He is our Creator, our Redeemer. We see that He's our High Priest, our Provider. He is our Passover Lamb. He's our victory. He's our eternal King. He's our Protector. He is our all in all and He is everything we need. And so we see in this book, in every one of the pages, we see who God is. But we also get to see who we are. We, we, we get to learn about our lives, our existence. We see purpose. We read of His promises to us. We get to gain an eternal perspective. And we see that we were created to be in right relationship with God, that God blessed us and He put humanity in the garden where there was work to be done and there was ground to gain fruit from. But there was relationship with Him. There was communion. And when the, the, this original design was thrown into turmoil, when the enemy tempted Eve to do the one thing that we shouldn't have done as humanity. And in a moment, sin, elevated the, uh, sin entered the world and enslaved humanity. So sin separated us from the thing that we were actually always created for, which is His presence. But it's not that God was outmatched because God is never outmatched and God is never overpowered. He never has been and never never will be. Of course, we know the Bible that the ultimate triumph came upon the cross many years later, but over and over throughout the Bible, we see God's power illustrated and displayed. In the story of Exodus I was reading this week is just one such moment, the story that illustrates to us what our Christian journey is like. I wanted to read it for you. Exodus 1 verse eight. It talks about this, that the people of God are there living in Egypt. Then it says, eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. And he said to his people, look, the people of God, I know this version says Israel, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us, then they will escape. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labour. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramesses as supply centres for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Israelites worked the sorry the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter. I want to reread that, but from the perspective of our lives. So the enemy said to his people, "Look, the people of God now outnumber us and are stronger than we are." Can you understand? This is what God, this is the whole illustration of us and our lives. The enemy is there looking at the people of Israel and saying, they're already stronger than us. They outnumber us. 
We're going to make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, they're going to fight against us. So the enemy made the people of God, their slaves to the people of this world, their slaves through sin. That's what happened in the world. This is the picture. Do we realise this represents our lives and the battle we are in, but the people of God outnumber and are stronger than the enemy. This is an amazing perspective that there is an enemy out there who wants to steal and kill and destroy, but he wants to entangle and enslave us so that we don't realise that we outnumber and overpower the enemy themselves. Why? Because of the power of God in us. He is so much less than we realise. Somebody shout perspective. Come on, shout it like you know, say perspective. You see, this shows us our story that we live in a world of sin. We're born into it. We become entangled in it. It's inevitable. But God, in the story of Exodus, sent a deliverer to set the people free from their slavery and bondage, brought them up out of Egypt, crossed through a body of water after their deliverance, illustrates baptism, and then prepared and released the people into a land of promises and blessings. Somebody say blessing. God's prepared place. See, that is our journey. Sinners that are offered deliverance through salvation, baptised and welcomed into a life of promise and blessing. Again, God is a God of blessing. God wants to bless you. God is good and He is good all the time. It's all throughout this book. We see over and over. Sin is a trap. The enemy is bad. God wants to bless us. God is good. Seems like a very simple choice, doesn't it? Seems like a very easy choice to make. Seems easy to comprehend and easier to choose, but we all know it's not. The choice doesn't always come easy in our life. Another reality we see so clearly in the Word that helps give us perspective is the reality of eternity, that this world is not all there is to our existence, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that we walk by faith and not by natural sight. Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, what we see now is like a dim image in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. What I know now is only partial, but then what he's talking about is eternity. Then it will be complete. Now it's partial. Then it will be complete, as complete as God's knowledge of me is. You see, the life that lasts is eternity. And what we do here impacts our existence in eternity. That's our perspective. That's our lens through which we need to view our earthly troubles. That's why Paul could say, the verse that I read at the start, for me to live is Christ. I got victory here. But for me to die is gain. I also get victory there. Come on, somebody. Or, or, or the other story that I read right at the start, Daniel chapter three, these three Hebrew men, they were up against this crazy king who said, I, I'm gonna make everyone worship me. So he set up this gold statue, said, everyone's gonna worship me. But these men were faithful to God. They said, no, we're gonna honour you, but we won't worship you. I was taken with the fact that over and over in that Scripture, they kept saying, your majesty, your majesty. They were, they were treating him with honour and with respect. But the one thing they would not give him is their worship. And, and they make this incredible statement. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able, somebody say able, to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if He doesn't, we wanna make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Incredible. 
They had this perspective of God and of eternity that they knew God was able and they believed that God would. But even if He didn't, even if things didn't go the way they thought they would go, they knew that they won no matter what. They would win if God came through the way they thought He would, but they would also win if God didn't come through the way they thought He was gonna. For them, it was victory either way. And watch this. One Scripture that gives me such an amazing picture of this. James, the book of James in the New Testament gives us a pretty amazing way to view the world. It says, James 4, 14. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. What is your life? For you are a vapour. Another word, another version says a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So James, the book of James is like Proverbs in the New Testament. It's a book of wisdom. It's just he, over and over, just dropping wisdom. And he is trying to give us a perspective of life. He says, you know what your life is? That's it. That's it. Think about eternity. You know what your life is? That's it. Can you see that at the back? Can you see that under the lights? All of the things you worry about. There it is, there it is. Oh, it's gone. All of the things you're stressed about. Is it, is it, is it? Oh, it's gone. All of the things that you're so desperate to see God come through for. Oh, and it's gone. All of the things that you get caught up in or, or, or bound up. Oh, they're gone. James says your life, oh, it's like a mist. It's like a vapour. Life is as quick and fading as this mist when it compared to eternity. So in this incredibly rapid time of our existence here on earth, let's just love God, love people, do good things and serve God. And that's easy, right? Isn't that easy? It seems quite simple. It sounds easy, but, but, but it's not. And why is it not? Because you got cut off in traffic this morning on your way to church and you almost lost your salvation. <laughs> Depending on where you were driving from, it could have been me that cut you off. If you were coming from the West, it probably was, Patrick. Because your kids frustrated you this week and you lost perspective. Because you got a bill in the mail and it drew your perspective away. Because you've received a diagnosis and it's pulled your perspective away. What, what, why? Does this become so hard because we lose our perspective? We allow our attention to be taken by the temporal instead of the eternal. We allow our view to be taken by the mist instead of the glory of eternity. What happens when that bill comes and does need to be paid? Well, we got a choice to make that we believe God is our provider or this bill is stressing me out. What happens when the diagnosis does come? Well, we've got, a, we've got a choice to make whether we believe that God is our healer. I believe God will heal me. I believe He's able and I believe He will. But even if He doesn't, I win either way. That's the perspective of the three men in the fiery furnace. I, we've got a choice to make. Am I gonna believe God is my healer or am I gonna stress out because of this diagnosis? And I, am I gonna become consumed in it? Or, or, or what, what, what's another one that can pull our perspective away? How hard it is to forgive. God says, forgive 70 times. But God, they don't deserve it. But you've got eternity. 
God gave His life for us upon the cross. He forgave us of our long, endless list of sins. And God's saying, forgive this person of the one thing they did against you. No, they don't deserve it. Well, neither did you. And God still gave His life for you upon the cross. But God, it's not fair. We're caught up in the vapour. We're caught up in the mist. Instead of being caught up with God. Or, 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 or we get stressed out whether God is gonna come through for me, whether He's gonna open the doors I want Him to open for me, or whether He's gonna do what I want Him to do in my life, whether He's gonna put me in the position that I'm believing for. And I've been praying and I've been getting up every morning. I've been doing the right things. I've been praying my prayers and reading my Word. And I know, you know, God's gonna put me in this position with a great paycheck. And then the opportunity comes and it goes to someone else. God, it's not fair caught up in the vapour. We get caught up in the things of this world rather than having our perspective on eternity. And, and the, the problem that becomes with this is if we put our mind in the vapour more than we put it on the glory, if we keep our mind mixed up in the mist rather than we put it on eternity. And what happens is we can begin to change the theology and the reality of who God is and it becomes more experience experienceology, then it becomes theology. We put our beliefs on our own experiences or our own limitations rather than we put it on the reality of who God is and always has been, the one who never changes, the one who is and was and is to come. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And we can allow our experience and our history to begin to change our belief and put restrictions and limitations on our faith rather than saying, well, I believe God will. And I know He's able, but even if He doesn't, I win either way. You see, some people think that God heals anyone, but them. Nikki, I'm gonna get you to come back. Or God is good to everyone, but them. Because it can be easy to pray for everyone else. But maybe you haven't seen it the way you thought you'd see it in your life. Or maybe you allow the things of your past to disqualify you from thinking God can move that way in your past. Like somehow out of all of the billions of people alive right now and alive throughout history, God said, I'm good to everyone except that guy. In history, I love them all except that dude right there. No, he did too much. No, he made too many mistakes. You're the one person in eternity that the promises don't apply to. No. How crazy is that, that we would allow that into our thinking? Well, some people end up believing that God is for us and not against us, except for me, God's for everyone. I, don't, I just don't know if He's for me. Or, or others, God can use anyone except for me. Some people believe that. It's like, well, yeah, that they were born into it or, you know, they were raised in it or they had this amazing encounter or look at the gifts upon the God can use everyone. I just don't think God can use me. And we place these limitations on God because we're caught up in the mist and in the vapour. Some people even believe that the power of God was only for the days of the Bible, like some thousands of years of the Bible that God is all powerful and all able. But when they wrote the last word of Scripture, well, God stopped moving. No, He's not able anymore. Can't heal. Can't move in power. No, it's just not possible. It's crazy. These changes happen in our beliefs because we get caught up crazy that we allow our prayers and our faith and our hope and our view of eternity to be 
impacted and limited because it is. And we put so much on this. This spray is very temperamental. I guess some people's vapour is shorter than others. That's morbid. There you go. That's a good one. Need to get a new spray bottle. But you got to know, we get victory either way. If I'm not healed here, I'm healed in eternity. If I don't get my dream job here, I, I, I still got eternity. If I don't get my dream house here, guess what? I get a mansion in eternity. Life is a vapour and our perspective is eternity. It's not that things here on earth don't matter. That's the goodness of God, that God sent His one and only Son to die upon the cross because of this, because He wants to outwork and give us a deposit of His glory and of His reality here in the midst of the mist. But the reality is really eternity. It's not that the things here don't matter, but rather we worry about them without the perspective of eternity. I'm gonna pray for heaven here on earth. You gotta know that, that every one of God's promises would be outworked here on earth. That God's healing, His provision, His blessing, His open doors, is grace, but I also have great confidence that if it doesn't go the way I thought it would go, I still win. I win no matter what. You know, this crazy thing, I, I read this in the Scripture of, of the Bible says that if you've got faith, you can pray to see mountains move. So over and over, we pray that mountains would move, but you know what else we're praying for? Mountaintop experiences. The Bible talks so much metaphors and analogies of the valleys and the mountains, low times and great times. And sometimes we come to obstacles and challenges in our life. We see it as a mountain and we want it to be moved. And guess what? Some mountains do need to be moved. But if you move all of them, you'll never have a mountaintop experience. How are you ever gonna have a mountaintop experience unless you've got the faith to climb some of the mountains that come in your way? Maybe that's a mountain God wants you to move or maybe that's a mountain God wants you to climb. But either way, we win. Whether the mountain moves or whether I climb it, that's gonna be a place of victory in my life. Because whether it goes this way or that way, I win. Whether it's the vapour or eternity, I win. It's victory here and it's victory there. That's what I want to help us with this morning. That we wouldn't let our faith be diminished. We wouldn't let our hope to be diminished. We wouldn't allow our prayers to be limited. But we would know with our God that we win in the vapour and we win in eternity. Come on, somebody give God a praise if you have faith for that this morning. It's a vapour viewpoint. Like those three men in the fiery furnace, I believe God is able and I believe He will according to His Word. But even if things don't go the way I think they will, it's victory either way. You can stand to your feet. See how we view the vapour changes how we view our circumstances. But it also changes what we dedicate our life to. See, if we're so consumed with the vapour, I'm going to dedicate my life to money. I'm going to dedicate my life to the pursuit of success. And maybe I'll dress it up in Christianese and say, God, I'm praying for your blessing. God, would you open doors? God, I, I, just, I just want to be a great example of your goodness to the world that they could see how rich you could make someone. God, if you could choose anyone, you could choose me. 
See, if we get caught up in the vapour, we'll dedicate our life to the vapour. But if we get caught up with the perspective of eternity, we live in the vapour to impact eternity. I'm here to build the house of God. I'm here to serve my Lord. I'm here to reach the world. I'm here to shake the planet. I'm here to change people's lives. I'm here to worship God. I'm here to rule and to reign, to have dominion, to conquer, to multiply. I'm here to bear fruit. I'm here to bring glory to God's Name. And whether He blesses me with much or with little, I know that I'm blessed either way because life is not the vapour. Life is eternity. And what we do here impacts eternity. Come on, that's an eternal perspective. That's the right view of the vapour. Then instead of chasing money and fame and worldly successes, I'm going to dedicate myself to the things of God and the things that matter in eternity. So very simply this morning, maybe you're here today and you realise that you've been caught up worrying about things that matter to God, but worry is not going to change anything. God wants to give you great confidence in the midst of whatever you're facing. That whether the mountain moves or whether that's a mountain you climb, that God wants to give you great strength and great hope in the midst of it. That God is good and He's good all the time, which means He's good on the mountain and He's good in the valley. He's good when the sun shines and He's good in the storm. He's good when it's easy and He's good when it's hard. He's good when I've got a challenge and He's good when I've got a highway. He's good in the desert and He's good to make a river. He's good in the wilderness, He's good to make a highway. He's good and He's good all the time. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that your faith was filled and you were encouraged. If you have any prayer requests or want to connect with us further, search for us on our social media at Planet Shakers. We'd love to hear from you.